From San Francisco, California, I'm Frank Ling, and you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right, it's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and the way they affect our daily lives. Coming up on today's show, Graham Cohen joins us to talk about the next generation Bitcoin and Chia.net. So stay tuned for all of this here on the Grok Science Show. program will join us right now is our very special guest mr bram cohen a renowned technologist most known for his work in developing the file sharing system bittorrent he's also one of the world's leading puzzle makers and today he's going to tell us a little bit about his new startup chia.net so according to your website chia overcomes some of the challenges of implementing uh, the existing bitcoin structure uh, namely its intensive use of resources and energy. So are we finally on to a digital currency that will be universally accepted and transformative? I don't know. You know, I'm right now working on something that people consider very exciting. I'm finding it a lot of fun. So Bitcoin is kind of like this version one of cryptocurrencies. And there are a lot of issues with it. Now, it's it's actually on a surprisingly broad plateau of functionality. It's actually a lot harder to do better than Bitcoin. Nearly all of these alternative projects are not doing anything interesting at all. It's just like, hey, look, we can dodge around rules about IPOing by <laughs> saying we have a cryptocurrency. <laughs> but the um, but there are real problems in the space, and there's real work people have done on how to attack the problems in the space. And so I'm working on a project to make a you know Gen two Bitcoin, okay. something that's actually better. And so what are the problems you're overcoming from the first generation? There's a number of different things. First off, there's a question of what what use cases am I going after? Mm-hmm. And so people talk about the internet computer, blah, 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 whatever. What I'm going after from a utility standpoint is less and more than what everyone, than what a lot of other people are, are doing. Uh, so, well, it, you know, like BitTorrent hardly did anything, right? It did swarming distribution, that was it. But it was very successful because it did that thing well. And there's a question of what is the utility of cryptocurrencies? Like, what is the promise here? Why bother working on this at all? Mm-hmm. And they have, they're very far from achieving their promise. So the answer is taking a, a step back, right? You, know, you look at banking, right? Banking is horrible. If you ever, like, send a wire transfer or anything like that, it's so sketchy. It's yes. ridiculous. <laughs> uh, like, international transfers are, like, I don't like that. It's, like, 5% at least? Not that much, usually, but it, it's... It's horrible. Yes, it's, it's like, unreasonable. Yeah, it's and, and it takes way too long. Yeah. It's like, yeah. The, so why is this? And the answer is, well, here's the thing with banking. Uh, technologists tend to look at banking and go, I can do better. So I'm going to build something that's better. So they go build something that's better. And then they learn people can't just use it. You're, just not, you're literally not allowed to. There's rules yeah. about who can be a banker and how and stuff like that. Regulations. Yeah. Now, uh, people sometimes like ranting, like, oh, my God, all regulations are bad, blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, 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 you're ignoring the history here. Like, what happens is if you start loosening up the rules, you don't get technologists 
bringing in better stuff, you get scam artists coming in and stealing everybody's money. That's <laughs> what you get. Then <laughs> you start loosening up the rules. This was done over and over and over again in the past until they instituted the rules. And then that stopped happening, and then they started loosening up the rules, and then we got the financial crisis of 2008. So, uh, yeah, so what is the problem here? How can we get around this? It's mm -hmm. like, well, the problem is you have a trusted third party. As soon as you have a trusted third party, that trusted third party can scam you, and you start, and the whole world is better off having regulations on who that trusted third party can be and how they have to behave. And so you get those, and then you get regulatory capture around these trusted third parties. They mm -hmm. start setting the rules and make it so it's harder to come in and become a trusted third party yourself. Uh, so some, in addition to the reasonable things, some artificial things start happening, and you get this ossified business that you can't just bring in new technology and do stuff. But it's just a move. So, so the problem here is the trusted third party. <laughs> that, that's what you really need to do something about. You, you need a secure distributed database. It's very, very hard on a technical level to build a secure distributed database because when you have a distributed database, any numbnuts who's participating in the database can misbehave <laughs> and change what the database says mm -hmm. as everything. So Bitcoin is based on this wonderful, horrible idea <laughs> of the blockchain. And so it turns out if you have a system which has very limited throughput on what it can do, where the replication strategy is everything goes everywhere, and it's very limited in the semantics of what it can handle, mm -hmm. and you have warehouses full of computers burning electricity doing literally nothing, then you can have a secure distributed database. Mm -hmm. And that's what Bitcoin is. So obviously a lot of problems here. However, <laughs> it definitely is a secure distributed database. It okay. absolutely pulls that trick off, and that is an amazing thing. But the use case here is the right one. The, the fundamental idea of this is about money, and it's a better way of doing money so you can do money without having to deal with banks because the trusted third party has been removed from the system is definitely a very real thing. So there's two general things I'm trying to do. Number one, I'm trying to make it even more distributed and less wasteful. Wasteful uh, in terms of the energy and Yeah, in, ter in terms of uh, electricity being burned. Right. Uh, and number two is I'm trying to actually make it be a better platform for smart transactions. Mm -hmm. uh, and so what I'm doing in terms of smart transactions is trying to fulfill the money use cases, trying to make it so that, uh, making it so that your custodial arrangements, so you can like get your keying material back if you lose it, uh, or so that if you get hacked, you can get unhacked. Um, uh, oh, so you can do net settlement like Lightning does, so mm -hmm. you don't have to have every single little thing hitting the blockchain. Like mm -hmm. when you send a payment to somebody through the banking system, it's not like the banks wire money for that one thing. They do mm -hmm. net settlement between mm -hmm. each other. Um, and actually, they do net net settlement through something else. So uh, those are the kinds of things. I, I'm trying to build a better platform for doing those. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's one set of work that I'm doing. Okay. Um, which is kind of less and more than what other people are talking about doing. You have these things that uh, look like they're based very much on making it so you can do arbitrary calculations, um, which they do do that, but why would you want to do that? And they actually wind up being very bad at supporting the very basic use cases. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, th that's the general platform approach. The uh, other th thing is around making it be more distributed and less wasteful. Um, inherently, to make a blockchain requires wasting something. Mm -hmm. That's the fundamental idea, is the way we achieve consensus is you and I 
are keeping track of this database. And we go, okay, what's the current state of the database? And we look at the blockchains that we have. Mm -hmm. And whoever has the heavier blockchain wins. Mm -hmm. And the other person just adopts it. That's the rule. Uh, that heavy is, as in, is, has gone through more calculations? Or yes. Heavy as in, as in the space of... I, no, heavy as in it's gone through more calculations. You can look at something and say, this is the amount of computational resources that have gone into building this. Mm -hmm. um, I, that's a little bit of a lie. There's some stochasticness to it. How heavy something gets has some noise added to it beyond mm -hmm. just the amount of calculation that was put into it. But that's basically the idea. Mm -hmm. So something needs to be wasted. And trying to play games with what's wasted tends to not work because people are clever and good at figuring out ways to burn more CPU, achieving whatever it is that you're supposed to achieve. It turns out there's one, there's one loophole to that, which is, first off, you need your resources that's being wasted. You need something that's already widely distributed, already over-provisioned, and can be utilized using essentially no additional marginal electricity on top of it. Uh, so it turns out there is such a resource, it's called storage. There's ludicrous amounts of storage that's in, out there in the world. A lot of it is over-provisioned. If even a tiny fraction of what's over-provisioned in it were thrown at uh, this farming process, uh, then that would overwhelm the, the rewards being given out for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, which is good because it means that uh, it means first off that it's very distributed in terms of what's being done because it will be just as distributed things as things are already, and it means that people won't be buying more resources just to throw at this because that will be a money losing proposition. You're, you're competing with over provisioned things where you're having to pay uh, for the entire thing up front. So, so your returns are going to be money losing if you just purchase storage just for the purpose of competing here. Is this possible because flash memory and all sorts of storages are just becoming so cheap now, mm. or is it? Because... No, 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 no. The, the very cheapest storage is fine here. Storage is much more commodified than CPUs are. A CPU will, oh, like, if you need a computation done, a customized CPU will always beat a general purpose CPU, or a customized electronics will always beat a general purpose CPU. You're, the CPU in your computer is capable of doing anything. Because it's capable of doing anything, it's not as efficient as it could be at any one specific thing. So customized hardware will always win there. ASICs. And ASICs, yeah. And it's, you know, the ASICs are burning power. So storage is storage. Bits are bits. It doesn't matter mm -hmm. the details. It's all going to be the same thing. And storage sits there not burning electricity. So uh, the idea is to make it so you generate a plot once, mm -hmm. And then after you've generated a plot, then you can go look stuff up in it whenever a challenge comes in, which can be done very, very efficiently. And so your, your company, Chia, is mm -hmm. involved in creating this next generation cryptocurrency. Yeah. So, you know, one of the, the, the issues I've heard about with, with Bitcoins and these types of currency is that it's self-limiting. At, at some point, there could be a liquidity problem because you run out of Bitcoins. Uh, Bitcoin has this thing where the rate at which Bitcoin is giving out for mining goes down over time. And it, it basically halves every four years. In practice, it's going to be less than every four years. But it, it halves over time. And this is exponential. So like after 40 years, it's gone down. The re rewards have gone down by a factor of like a thousand. And this isn't that big a deal right now because obviously Bitcoin's price has gone up by, you know, more than a factor of a thousand recently. So it can survive a number of halvings before the mining rewards get really low. But you do have this potential situation in the future where uh, they, they really don't compete with uh, uh, the, that there's just no real incentive to keep doing it. 
And the idea has been that transaction fees will compensate for this, although transaction fees are still quite low. Um, and overnight, they go down to nothing. So you could wind up in these like scary situations where transaction fees during the day are high. And then when they go down to nothing overnight, what the mining rigs do is instead of continuing to mine, they just reorganize <laughs> the orphan blocks that happen during the day. Mm -hmm. And this is just a truly horrible situation to have happen. So mm -hmm. we'll see what happens with that. But because of those kinds of conditions, the, the rate of farming reward in Shia doesn't go down to zero. It gets low, but it stops point, and then just stays even at that point. Do you foresee Chia as... A potential global currency? That's the plan. Okay. That's the idea, is to make it so that when you're doing, uh, like, international trades in particular, when you're mm -hmm. doing, you know, starting at the very highest value stuff, if you want to be able to expediently and securely move money around, it'll be a lot easier to do that with Chia. So, like... And the idea is that you get currency trade things, but in order to do that, the idea is to be just a form of money that acts better as money, that's easier to keep securely, is easier to move around, is just easier to audit what's going on with mm -hmm. it and have the whole broader ecosystem built up around it be much, much better. In terms of the regulatory aspect, many governments have only just begun to look at cryptocurrency. Do you think they're well informed enough to decide whether this will, you know, get governmental support or you, you uh, think... The U.S. government seems to be pretty well informed about it, actually, surprisingly enough. It, it's different in different places. You know, you get, you imagine in places like Venezuela, it's going to be fighting the local regime in some sense because they're, they're doing horrible very poorly informed things with their policies around money in general, mm -hmm. in Venezuela in particular. But it's not like it's a new thing for there to be money that wasn't printed by the government. You know, like 150 years ago, everyone was moving around gold, right? And money didn't quite so much come from governments, and to the extent that it did, it, it was backed by gold. So do you think that's a similar phenomenon of Bitcoin because of the finiteness, like gold? Yeah, there are, well, gold isn't finite. Remember, you can keep digging it out of the ground. Now, okay. why you have to keep digging it out of the ground and purifying it to go store it in vaults underground again when under armed guard, I don't know. But that's the way everybody runs things. Instead of just dispensing with the whole digging up the gold thing. Uh, but that's supposed to be righteous or something that you expended the resources to do that. But I was thinking, I meant it more like from a regulatory standpoint, that this business of governments deciding how big the money supply is, is a relatively recent phenomenon. So how long has Chia been around? I started working on it in summer of 2017. Yeah, and uh, we have uh, around a dozen full-time employees now. Mm -hmm. And we've had multiple papers published in leading uh, leading cryptography journals, sure. not cryptocurrency journals, like actual cryptography. And so what we've been work focusing on is really de-risking our underlying tech okay. uh, so far. We do not have a shipping product yet, uh -huh. uh, but we, so the whole idea is based on proofs of space and time. Okay. And so we've, launched uh, we did a uh vdf a verifiable delay function that's the technical term for proof of time but we did a we published a vdf algorithm and we did a competition for best implementation of that and that was a big success uh and we're going to be doing another one of those soon okay uh, based off the results from the last one I'm going to publish soon a thing about how to stitch together proofs of space and time it, 
turns out you need proofs of time to complement proofs of space for various reasons. And we're working on proofs of space. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so we have a paper published that gives the basic idea there, uh -huh. but making a real practical thing involves a whole lot more stuff. So we're pretty far along on that, not yet ready to show it to the world. And also we, we've been working on uh, the platform for actually doing smart transactions. We have uh, Chia Lisp is the language we're using. Uh, that's what we're calling it for now. It is mm -hmm. Lisp-ish. Okay. And uh, working on example uh, smart coins for that, where those are really fundamentally based on uh, BLS signatures. Oh, we made our BLS signature library available. Mm -hmm. So th those are going to be based on BLS signatures and taproot and graftroot. That's really the most fundamental construction. So, so a lot of people are unlike to have heard those terms, but those are kind of the thinkings of the people who are really big on Bitcoin um, smart transactions mm -hmm. view taproot and graftroot as your like, fundamental techniques. So you're Technology, does it also involve hardware as well, or is it only software? There will be VDF hardware in the future. We are right now doing software-based VDF competitions, because first things first. And at some point in the future, we will do hardware-based competitions, although uh, the Ethereum Foundation is also working on VDF algorithms. They, they are currently preferring a slightly different algorithm than we are, but they're going to be doing these things before we are, uh, for, for the hardware specifically. And do you foresee this being used also for other blockchain-related implementations? Uh, yeah, well, the Ethereum Foundation is big on UCFs. They have plans to use VDFs as well okay. and are using much of the same research as the basis for what they're doing. They're big on using RSA groups. Uh, we're not so keen on RSA groups specifically because uh, those require a trusted setup and have other slightly scary things about them as far as the necessary budget to, to make the best hardware you can. Uh, so, so we're using uh, class groups instead, which are, I think, a bit less scary as far as the hardware uh, construction goes, but that remains to be seen. We'll have okay. to see how that all goes. And uh, do not require trusted setup, which mm -hmm. is a huge win. So you can like keep rotating your group for every single challenge, which is really nice. Bram, thank you so much for joining me on Rocks today. And we were just talking to Bram Cohen, founder of ChiaNet. We were discussing the limitations of Bitcoin and development of next-generation cryptocurrency. And that's all for this week's edition of the Rock Science Show. Make sure you tune in again next week for more from the world of science, technology, and the way they affect our daily lives. In the meantime, you can check us out on the web at www.grox.net, on Facebook and Twitter. You can also email us at science at grox.net. For Grox Science, I'm Frank Ling. Stay tuned here for more music.